Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Spiritual pride is a big view of self and a very small view of God. Now, I know most of you are going to say, Pastor Mark, no way I would elevate myself against God. No way I'd ever do that. Not true. Let's admit it. We're all prideful in one way or another. And we have to fight that. That's a sin. God hates pride. Spiritual pride basically says this. I want my will. I want to be in control. Control. People that don't think they have it, want it. People who know they have it want more of it. The Bible indicates that all people have some degree of control over their lives. It's called free will. The challenge for the Christ follower is to turn control of their destiny over, the roadmap for their lives, to God. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the difficulty of doing such a thing. He'll also be letting you know that giving up that control to God is the only way for you to find true happiness and peace. You'll be learning how to turn control of your life over to God and how to keep letting God be in charge of your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Proverbs chapter 3 as he continues his message, 2020, following God's vision for your life. Now, remember this. Adam's sin and fall were precipitated when man sought to live independent from God. And I'm going to give you a word, and I want you to just think about it as we go through. I woke up this morning thinking about this word. When man sought to live independent of God, Adam and Eve wanted to be in control. And you'll see a little while later, pride and being in control are pretty much the same thing. I want to control the situation. God, I don't need you. Now, we're all human. Some of us are more controlling than others. The danger comes when you think that you are in control and your decisions are made by yourself and not from God. Now, when that happened with Adam and Eve, because they wanted to be in control of their own lives, guess who suffered? Every one of us. It passed to us, that independent, I'll do it my way. And that's what we struggle with. That's why we make difficult decisions. Proverbs 3, 7 says this, do not be wise in your own eyes. It's not talking about these. It's talking about spiritual vision. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Solomon is saying to us in this passage, I don't care if you have 20-20 physical vision, but spiritual wisdom only comes from God. 
if you start making decisions, say, God, I got it, I got it. I've been there before. I know exactly how to do this. You know, very often in a pastoral thing, when you teach or when we counsel, when we do this, we have to be very careful. Very often when we counsel, we have to say to God, I think I can handle this, but I'm going to need your wisdom. So we pray. It's a smart thing to do. Because sometimes things come up and you're not going to be able to handle it. Now, nothing wrong with the wisdom that you learn, but see what happens. If we think, oh, send me the couple, send me to this, I can do the funeral, I can do all this. Why? Because I've got wisdom, baby. You're in trouble. Because it could be very different. And God hates a fall. You'll see this in a moment. Now, let me just give you two rubber crutches. I could do more. Here's the first one. The rubber crutch of pride. Pride magnifies self and minimizes God. Proverbs gives us a warning about this, but we're all prideful people. And we have to fight it. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit (laughs) before a fall. You trusting in yourself? Come on up. There we go. It's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. And we know that, but sometimes we just don't really believe it. Now, spiritual pride is a big view of self and a very small view of God. Now, I know most of you are going to say, Pastor Mark, no way I would elevate myself against God. No way I'd ever do that. Not true. Let's admit it. We're all prideful in one way or another. And we have to fight that. That's a sin. God hates pride. Spiritual pride basically says this. I want my will. I want to be in control. I'm not going to elaborate on control, but it's a very dangerous thing in leadership, in the home, and everything. Now, you have to have control. You have to have people in charge, but you want to make sure the people in charge are not you and me. The person in charge is God. Now, can you say a boss at work that? No, because you'll look for a job the next day. You just pray for your boss, but you be careful yourself. Now, here's the second one. Here's a danger I want to give you. And every pastor who's counseled, all of our great pastors have come against this. They know it. Danger. There can be times when we say no to God. I'll do it my way, even if I have to disobey you, God. That's a danger. We deal with that. And years later, people often come back. Not everybody. People often come back and say, I should have trusted what God's word said, but I thought I was smart enough. I'm okay. And I've ruined years and I've ruined lives. Let me just challenge you. The one that wants to get you to disbelieve God is Satan. He loves to lie to us. Why did he fall? Pride. He wanted to be like God. He is not God. He's a liar. Our God is the God of truth. Don't dilute the word of God. If it says don't do it, simply don't do it. Trust God. Now, here's the next one, the rubber crutch of money. Proverbs, again, speaks about it. Whoever trusts, here's your word, whoever trusts in his riches will fall. But the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. You know, I know from our own hearts, money and possessions never bring security. Pastor Mark, I got it all set. I'm ready for retirement. I got enough money to last. You have no idea what's coming. 
Nothing wrong to have that. Nothing wrong to do that. But our security does not come from stuff. Our security comes from God. Now, money and possessions, by the way, never bring satisfaction. How do I know that? Let me read to you Ecclesiastes 5.10. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is meaningless. See, we can't trust ourselves, our wisdom. We can't trust our money, our possessions. Life doesn't consist in the abundance of things. And yet we seem to do that. Now, it goes on, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Now, what in the world does that mean? Here's command number three. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Do, command number three, you want to write it down in your Bible, do acknowledge God. Now, that word acknowledge in the original language means this. To know God personally. To know God personally. It's a term of relationship. Actually, it's a term that means to know deeply and intimately. It's basically what Adam and Eve did. They knew each other. They had intimate intercourse at the beginning. That intimacy is the same word that we're talking here, acknowledge. To know God personally in an intimate way and to seek his will for our lives. See, sometimes we don't trust God because we really don't know him. You see, the longer you're out of the word of God on a daily basis reading it, the less you trust God. Now, what's the opposite of that? The more that I'm in the word of God, I know God and I know his character and I'm able to trust him more. So many people who aren't Christians, they know about God, but they don't know God personally. Oh, I believe in God. A lot of people answer us that way. That's fine. But do you know God? Do you personally know him? Well, what do you mean by that? Well, you already know the answer to that. They don't know. They just know about God. Now, notice what it said here. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What does all mean? Very good. What a crowd. Fantastic. All means all. I can't compromise trusting God in this area But God, that's off limit. No way I'm trusting you there. I got the better understanding that I know what I'm going to do. I know exactly what I'm going to do. You keep talking like that, you're going to fall. We've been there. I'll use my wisdom. It's a dangerous thing for all of us. You can't compromise. God, I'll trust you here. That's off limits for you. No, in how many of my ways? All my ways. Now, is that hard? Yes. Yes, it is because we're very prideful people. We think we can do it, all of us. I'm not talking to you and leaving me out. I'm enjoying myself, of course, in all of this. The illustration means to put our full trust and depend on God, not on that rubber crutch. So when I'm saying I'm going to trust God in all ways, this is what I'm talking about. In every area of my life, God can be trusted. I can put my weight on him. He's going to come through for me. Maybe he's going to come through late. He's going to come through. I can do that. You don't want to do that, God. 
Uh, I, I trust you in that area. Fantastic. But in this area over here, uh, is there going to be a problem? I don't want you to forget this lovely color. You say, Pastor Mark, do you want me to wake up and dream about this? Maybe. You know, God can bring that back to you. When you're getting ready to make a decision, just remember the word all. In all my ways, acknowledge him. And then what will he do? He will direct our paths. Promise from God. Now, as we go through that, Pastor Mark, I want to trust God. And I want to turn every area of my life, all my life over to him. But how is he going to show me the path? How is he going to tell me what decision to make? How is that going to work? Well, it's not complicated. God's path for us will be well marked by the word and by prayer. Just write those two things down. By the word and prayer. We acknowledge God by learning and obeying his word. That's how I get to know God. By learning and obeying, not just learning. That's one of the dangers that people do. All of us should be reading and studying. And as we do that, you understand, we see the character of God and we can trust him. So God gave us his word so we might really know him. And as you and I do that, the more we know the word, the more we know the character of God. Like I told you before, we can trust him in all these areas because you see it over and over again, not only in the Bible, but in our lives. And as you do that, then we'd be able to trust him more. Now, here's what I want to show you. This is a verse in Psalm 119. It's a very powerful verse. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, if I'm not in the word, if I'm not in the word, which one of these am I going to go down the path with? There it is. Is it going to end up good for me? No, it is not. If I'm in the word, I'm trusting God. I can do it wherever he wants me to go. I can lean on God. It might have a pothole, but he'll help me get around the pothole or he'll fix it. Now, one of the things I want to share with you as you think about this, your word, your word is a lamp to my feet. Now, why do I need a lamp? I need a lamp so I can see the next what? Step. That's the start of the path. Do I turn to the right? Do I turn to the left? Do I do it? What do I do? I need to, and I remember teaching many years ago. I don't know that I ever did it here. I might have. I put a flashlight on my Bible, and I just showed. There it is. Notice, a lamp to my feet, and as I get going, what's the next step? It's not only a lamp to my next step, but it's a light for my what? My whole path. See, the steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered by the Lord. That's how we do it. Oh, God, you got me started. I can take it from here. No, you cannot. I have to depend on God. That's the way he designed us. And that's powerful. Now, think what's happening in our churches around the world. Let me tear that out. Let me tear this 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 out. Pastor afraid to preach it? Look, I'm not afraid of you. I'm afraid of God. I'm going to teach it 
because that's what he told me to do. And when we try to please people, that's what happens to these churches. They're pleasing people, and pretty soon there's no truth in the church. It's diluted to nothing. So they don't know their way, and they're walking around with that kind of a rubber crutch. Now, notice this. I'll read it to you again. We don't need to put it up again. Notice how personal God is. Listen to it again. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Well, Pastor Barry, that's for you because you're a pastor. It has nothing to do with that. If you're a Christ follower, that promise is for you. It's personal. God wants to direct us. Understand, that's why we study the Bible here. This is also why I encourage you, make sure you have some kind of devotional. Whether it's five minutes in the morning or ten minutes, be in the Word. There's lots of things. We have devotionals online for you. You know, you version, you know, there's 400 million people or something doing that. They're all over the place. Just get in there. Spend some time reading and meditating on the Word of God. Now, let me just show you how that looks. To know God's will, we have to know God's word. You can't get God's will from your mind. You really can't get God's will from another person except maybe in counseling in a general way. I never tell people, well, this is who you should marry and this is the way it should go. Now I can say no or do this different or whatever. That's not my, I'm not God. None of the pastors will do that. That's foolish. Like, well, I come to you for Pastor Wyatt for will. Well, here's my, here's my wisdom. It's right here. And I can tell you how to apply it, but you'll have to make that decision. So when I look into the word, you just see the principle. I need to know God's will. I have to know his word. Now, as you study and obey God, it's not just a mental thing. Pastor Mark, I read 12 verses today. Fantastic. I read 17 chapters today. Good. What did you learn? Uh... It's pretty long. No, remember, reading is for what? Application. What is God going to say to you? Notice what we're studying so far. Now, I love going through expositional, through the books. We're going to go back to Acts and do that. But notice, we're studying one verse. Are we learning anything from God? Of course we are, because it's truth. It's right there. Now, I have to realize there's an outcome that sometimes we don't get. Psalms 119 says this, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Now, if anybody wants a better year, that's it. Study the word, let God speak to you, obey it, and guess what we get to do? I don't need either one of these. I can run in the path of his word because my heart has been set free. See, so many people believe, well, Pastor Mark, if I read that, it's like a weight I got to carry with me. Wrong. Your heart will be set free. That's the way God does in our life. Enjoy it. Now, since God also gives us the power to obey his word, I can follow his path. When he tells me, this is where I want you to go. Do this. Change this. Move there. Do that. I can trust God. The second way, not only acknowledging God is the word, number two, here it is, we also acknowledge God through prayer. It's a great way to know God. Remember, prayer is simple, two-way conversation with God. We just hear him speaking to us. And he usually speaks to us, mostly, through the word of God. 
And that walk then becomes a companionship. We're doing life with God every day. And the more we do that, the easier. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. You'll hear his voice. It will be always absolutely what the word says. It won't be something weird outside the word of God that has no truth at all. Now, to show you how specific that is and the promise of God, take a look at this. Isaiah 30, 21. When I pray, here's what I want God to do. I want to hear this voice. Whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. There's nothing more important than knowing we're walking in the will of God. And there's nothing more miserable knowing that we are not walking in the word of God. We're guilty. We know we're wrong. That's a promise to every single Christ follower. Look at this. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Now, if God speaks that to you through his word and you have a peace about it and it doesn't go against the word, can you trust God speaking through the word specifically for that situation in your life? Can you trust him? Absolutely. Why? Because he's trustworthy. And where did it come from? Right there. Right there. But who's against that? Satan. He's the liar. Oh, that wasn't God. That's a stupid decision. No, if that's what God told me to do. And nothing wrong with talking with other people that have served God for a long time. Sometimes we get emotional to it. We do it by our will. And somebody will say, well, just check this. Make sure this is the will of God. And you will. When Jesus was here on this earth, what did Jesus say about his father? I only do the things that the what? The father tells me to do. So is this an example of Jesus? That's an example of Jesus. He trusted the Father the whole time. Now, the path that he was on, did he ask God to change the path? Yes, he did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Would you call that path a big pothole? Yeah. Did he get through it? Yeah. He followed the path because he trusted his Father. If there's no other way, I'm following you. He's our example. The end of that is heaven. The end of that path for you and I is heaven as well. I want to ask you this question again. Which path will you take? You see, the path with the light on it is the path of trusting God in all our ways. The path on the right in dark. See, Jesus is the light of the world. That's where you and I want to go. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. During this unusual time in our world's history, we want to reassure you of your Creator's love for you. God is still on the throne and is fully in control of your life and of what's happening in the world around you. We also want to let you know that Calvary Chapel Melbourne is continuing to offer church every Saturday evening and Sunday morning, and you're invited to join us. 
Though we can't be physically present with one another, we do still want to connect with you. Join Pastor Mark this weekend on Facebook, YouTube, Roku, and at calvaryccm.com forward slash live. Services will begin streaming at 6 p.m. on Saturday and 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sunday. You can find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. We look forward to worshiping with you virtually and hopefully soon in person. If you'd like to explore more teachings from Pastor Mark in this series right now, you'll also find them online, along with more information about the church and this ministry. Would you do us a favor? Would you be praying for Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne staff during this time? We appreciate you lifting us up to the Lord. Please pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ across the nation too. This is a great way to support one another when we can't be in each other's company. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Mark next time to continue studying through the powerful Word of God right here on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.